Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 2007 was quite the year for WWE. Not only did we have one of the worst moments in history with the Chris Benoit tragedies, but there was a run of drug-related suspensions as the company tried to clamp down on all this. I certainly remember being so impacted by it all, I thought about taking a sports entertainment break. As it turns out, a lot was happening behind the scenes during these 12 months. So I am Simon Watt Culture. Please do caress that subscribe button. This is 10 Things You Didn't Know About WWE in 2007. Number 10, Carlito wanted to leave. Carlito's WWE career was a weird one. He beat John Cena and became the US champion early on, but soon after he was kind of forgotten about and just did his thing. Whatever grand plans were in place were not seen through. Mr. Caribbean Cool wasn't even on the WrestleMania 23 card, and he made his feelings about that very clear when chatting to the Ottawa Sun newspaper. Because he suggested maybe if he kissed Aston Politic correctly, he could have been on the show. <laughs> he even took shots at Kane versus the great Carly. Whoops. Carlito also admitted that he hated being a babyface, and all of this left him ready to quit. That's right done and happy to go. After handing in his notice though, Vince McMahon stepped in to stop this, because as the story goes, he didn't want another name going to TNA. Booker T had just made the switch, another wouldn't look very good, which is odd because apparently they were never competition. Somehow they did get back on the same page, Carlito stayed, and not only did he get a renewed push, he was on Mania the following year. So always remember kids, sometimes the right call is to just moan and make a fuss. Number nine, Crime Time's firing. This was really weird. Crime Time only just debuted in October 2006, and then we got to September 2007, and they were released. Nobody saw this coming, not least JTG and Shad Gaspard. It would be one thing if they weren't being used, but they were. The team featured on TV a lot, plus fans had embraced them wholeheartedly. Gimmick wasn't the most kosher thing in the world, but Crime Time embraced it with such gusto, they went and made it work. As is always the way in wrestling, though, the real story was right around the corner. As they were feuding with Trevor Murdoch and Lance Cade, it was soon revealed there was some animosity here. And before one match, a heated argument left with Shad allegedly shouting that whatever happens in the ring is what happens in the ring. We all know what that means. Murdoch took this as a threat and addressed it in front of the locker room. And then we got to the match. The referee counted JTG out, which was not the finish, but the official had been told to do it by... Caden Murdoch. This is when Crime Time also called an audible and gave the riff their finish to get their heat back. And that is a big no-no. It's one thing if it's agreed beforehand, but attacking an official on the fly, even when it's worked is not cool. It all went off afterwards as a huge brawl broke out with Vincent Mann ultimately making the decision to let Gaspard and JTG go. What a ride that was. Of course it doesn't matter now and what does is the heroic way Shad gave his life to save his child. We should never forget that. 
What a damn legend. Number eight, CM Punk is in the doghouse. Regardless what we think about CM Punk now, we have to accept that him getting to the top of WWE was amazing. Plenty of the usual power players were desperate to stop this, but Punk was so good he got there regardless. Fans just loved him. There was talk for a while in 2005 that Michael Hayes, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels ripped him a new one after a Sunday night heat match, which did see him go to OVW, but that's when things changed. Paul Heyman was in charge of that promotion, and as soon as he got his claws into Punk, the momentum started. He went on a tear in Extreme Championship Wrestling before randomly losing to Hardcore Holly in January 2007. As the rumor goes, an agent told him that Holly was a far bigger star, so he better deal with it. As it turned out, this was due to some resentment about how CM conducted himself backstage and that certain wrestlers enjoyed the fact Hardcore Holly chopped the shit out of him. Not sure that's ever cool. It got so bad, Punk even asked some road agent if he was in the doghouse, and he was assured he wasn't. This was dubious, even more so as there was more chat that said employee, then went to the higher-ups and said that CM Punk was moaning. I tell you, I wouldn't have survived backstage in WWE 2007. It's like high school. Number seven, Randy Orton got kicked off a European tour. As was the way for ages, as soon as WrestleMania was done, the WWE crew would get on a plane and fly to Europe for a tour. The company made serious money from that, so it became tradition. And yet in 2007, Randy Orton joined one of these and apparently went crazy. It was following a run of stories which was synonymous with Orton at the time. And after he rumoredly wrecked a hotel room in Germany, he was told to go home. There was an extra twist though, then came out he only caused this damage because he'd already been kicked off the tour. It was due to Randy not being in the best headspace to perform, but clearly he thought differently. A reported $30,000 worth of damage was done to this room, although a few weeks later, he was still back in the main event against John Cena. That was just the way in 2007. The roster wasn't overflowing with stars, meaning Orton could go nuts, cool off, and walk right back in on top. What a word. Number six, John Cena and Vince McMahon turn up on an indie show. Yep, you heard that right. Fifteen years later, I still cannot believe it happened. Here is how it came together. Cena was doing an autograph session for Chaotic Wrestling as they were running a charity show, and it was in his hometown of Massachusetts. John was even involved in the setup of this to make some money for those who need it, and as he was so hands-on, why not stay around and watch some wrestling? even special guest refereed the main event. Shenanigans were always going to be on the cards, which did see Cena get smacked in the head with CW's title belt, which is when, of all people, Vince McMahon arrived to help his top star. Well, no, he actually helped the heel champ attack his opponent, but still, fans lost their minds, as we all would do, Vinnie Mac doing a run-in on an indie show. When John had got his wits about him, he FU'd his boss too, which is when Vince slipped out the back door, never to be seen again. This was absolutely incredible, and given the lay of the land today, will likely never be top. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Number five, Ric Flair tried to quit. This isn't such a shock today as Ric Flair tries to leave WWE a lot very much a love-hate relationship. But back in 2007, Flair was in the same camp as Carlito in the sense he wasn't very happy. This was quite common as RVD was another who chose not to renew his contract, and after Rick had been transferred across to SmackDown, he saw it as a demotion. As far as the Nature Boy was concerned, he was a top-tier talent and should be treated as such. Therefore, sometime around August, Flair handed in his notice, with the real catalyst being a big pitch by Rick, that he should go on one last big run and then retire in 2008. Sound familiar? Exactly. Vince McMahon wasn't interested in that at the time, which led to a meeting between the two in September. But man, Flair turned up with his lawyer, which pissed McMahon off instantly. And the end result was the 16-time world champion going home for three months. When he returned, we did kick off this one last story, although we know the deal with that. The retirement didn't last that long, but still, we were this close to not getting any of it. Who knows what the wrestling world looks like then? Number four, Triple H was going to be Thor. Maybe. Given what we know now, I'm not sure how much truth there is in this, although the Marvel Cinematic Universe was not a thing in 2007. In fact, superhero movies were still trying to find their way after Batman Begins had proved they could have some real substance. It did convince many a movie studio to see what characters they could sign up, and Thor was on that list. Director Matthew Vaughn was also on board to direct the thing, and clearly somebody wanted Triple H in this role because there was so much chat about it, and look at the guy. Not like physically he couldn't pull it off. There was one major issue with all of this though, as Vaughn talked about during an interview. While he assumed Paul Levesque was a decent guy, he wanted nothing to do with WWE after the Chris Benoit tragedy. That was a disaster all round and no studio wanted to have anything to do with wrestling. If you weren't around for this fallout too, trust me, it really was this bad. As we know, Chris Hemsworth eventually got this, although the first movie wasn't released until 2011. And by then, Kenneth Branagh was in the directing chair. Can't argue this was a bad move, though. Hemsworth has smashed it ever since. Number three, Ken Kennedy. Kennedy was meant to be Vince McMahon's illegitimate son. The summer of 2007 was all over the place for Vince McMahon because he had decided to do a story where he was killed. Yep, this did happen on that Raw when someone blew up his limo, but then the Benoit news was revealed later that week and the whole thing was scrapped, rightfully so. On the following episode, McMahon was meant to have a funeral. Can you imagine? That's in bad taste even before anything else. If it had gone ahead, it was all planned out, however, including the FBI getting involved. But one part of this was kept long-term, the reveal that Vince had an illegitimate son. This started in August when Jonathan Coachman confronted McMahon about such rumors. And for a good month, every WWE superstar was pretending they were the secret offspring of the boss. It was so damn weird. Somebody must have got cold feet during this because eventually it turned into a joke with the punchline being, ha <laughs> it's just Hornswoggle. But this was not the first choice. Originally, it was going to be Ken Kennedy. 
Kennedy. A favourite ever since his debut in 2005. Some backstage bigwigs thought Ken had what it took to lead the company into the next decade, so we put a rocket on him before, my word, it all went bad. Not only was Kennedy... Kennedy in a whole world of trouble when he got popped on the WWE wellness test, but he also injured his tricep, meaning he was out of action. It all worked against him and killed his push, meaning his big reveal as a McMahon was stopped. That is a huge deal, though. You'd have to imagine this would have sent him to the moon. Instead, he was released soon afterwards, and that was that. Sheesh. Number two, we were going to do a jackass versus WWE feud. I mean, we got there in the end. Sami Zayn took up this mantle in 2022 by proving he is a once-in-a-lifetime talent and had a match for the ages against the Jackass crew. Just so damn entertaining. This wasn't the first time we had tried it though, because back in October 2006, Chris Pontius and Steve-O turned up on Raw and ran into Umaga. The Samoan bulldozer wrecked them, because of course he did, but I don't think Pontius and Steve understood wrestling as they kept laughing and getting up. Whoops. This enraged Umaga for obvious reasons, so we laid in some stiff shots to get the message across. And while it did cause some hoopla, come 2007, the two companies were trying to get this off the ground for a second time. The idea would be that this feud would continue into SummerSlam, and there's even posters for this. The marketing machine was well and truly in gear, and the start of it would be when the Jackass boys interfered in Umaga's match with Jeff Hardy at the Great American Bash, which would then lead to the next pay-per-view. As has been a theme for this list, however... As soon as the Benoit incident went down, Johnny Knoxville and his friends pulled out because nobody needed to be associated with this. Shane McMahon was sad as he was the brains behind it and amazingly at one point, the Jackass team was going over. That would have sparked something else entirely. Number one, Ariel was fired after falling out with Batista. Now you may not remember Shelly Martinez as her tenure with WWE wasn't all that long her exit from the company did create some waves. It all tied into Batista, who apparently was quite the ladies' man back in the day, and eventually this led him to a relationship with Melina that just produced a ton of news. I mean, go and Google it. Who the hell knows what was going on? It didn't sound smooth, so eventually Shelly Ariel Martinez, who at the time was playing Kevin Thorne's vampire-like ballet, went and confronted Big Dave about all this. And because the animal didn't take too kindly to it, a huge row broke out. Everybody has said that Ariel held her own as well, so fair play to her. But this was not a smart move at the time. WWE was a political minefield, and as Batista was higher up the chain... Martinez was soon let go. Talking to the VOC Nation in 2013, Shelley admitted all of this. The pair had an aggressive conversation backstage and accused Dave of saying things that nobody should ever let come out of their mouths. The best part, however, is what happened in 2011. Batista blamed the hostile environment for his actions and reached out to Martinez. And not only did they make up, they're now friends, and this is what I like to hear. WWE still shouldn't have fired her, and there is no way they do that today. At least everything turned out all right in the end. Kinda. I'm sure Shelley would have preferred it if she had a bit more time at her job. Knowing other crazy things that went down in WWE in 2007, make sure you let us know in the comments below and don't forget to like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Then head over to whatculture.com where you can read some articles with your eyes. Make sure you come follow us on social media at whatculture.wwe and sign in 316. And we do have a lot of other videos. Why don't you go and watch them? My name is Cyber What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. Make sure you have the best damn day of your life. And I'll see you soon. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) 
a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com